My name is Tim Margie. And when I was asked to give my testimony, the first thought that popped in my mind is, uh, how in the world am I going to do that? I'm on staff here as the IT guy, and some of you may know that I'm also an artist, a photographer, and a videographer, and my job is to share other people's stories. So I wasn't sure how to share my own story, and so I thought, all right, how is it that I share other people's stories? And what I do is I put them into some sort of framework, some theme to connect all the different events together. So for me, then, the way that God has worked in my life, the theme consists of three elements, the good, the true, and the beautiful. Uh, The ancient philosophers called these the three properties of being, and Aquinas said we're one of these, the other two will be there as well. We as Christians know that the only person to completely fulfill all these is Jesus Christ. We know the triune God is all three, and any expression of goodness, truth, and beauty actually reflects God himself. I think I had always been searching for this, though I didn't realize it. Growing up, all I cared about was playing outside, watching movies, and making various forms of art, from painting to silly short films. I also devoured books as a kid. I was mesmerized by sci-fi, mysteries, and fairy tales. I remember finishing many a book, wishing it were real. The places in those books were better than here, and I wanted to go there. They were beautiful. I always had some sort of happy sadness reading about the courage of Beowulf or the sacrifice of Gandalf. But those were just fake stories, my logical brain would say. I want truth, knowledge, logic. So much so that sometimes people would call me Spock. My stoic nature also reinforced this nickname. My longings after reading stories were irrational, emotional, and it was a waste of time to create art. So I would study the planets, try to figure out how big the universe was, and sit at the adults' table during their conversations. I would always think deeply about things, not realizing the answer to the struggle was right in front of me in church. I grew up around church my whole life. I was sent off to summer Baptist Bible camps, went through Catholic confirmation classes, attended a Fundy Baptist church. After college, I attended a charismatic church before I came here, an independent Baptist church, and now I'm at a Presbyterian church. (laughs) I've gone through almost the whole gamut of Christendom. But as a kid and through college, I didn't know God. I was self-righteous. I rarely got into trouble, and that made me think I was morally superior. I wasn't good, I thought I was, and I was destined for eternal fire and didn't even know it. I also don't know exactly when Jesus plucked me from that fire. After going to art college and after I turned down a job in Hollywood to work as a digital artist, Larissa, whom I was dating at the time, basically told me, go to church. Providentially, if I didn't turn down that job, I don't think I would be here. So, eventually, I started attending church with her. I was convinced of my sin, and Jesus saved me. Larissa and I got baptized together. The men of the church prayed over me when, in 2009, I was diagnosed with cancer. I had an odd sense of peace during my cancer, and I can't explain it. I just know all around that time, I began to be interested in the things of God, and I think my cancer helped me to focus on eternal things. During my treatments, I took an art job in Virginia Beach. In my new department, one of my co-workers would become my spiritual father. 
He's the smartest man I've ever met with the largest southern drawl I've ever heard. I didn't think the two could go together. But he is also the most godly man I have ever met. His name is Kevin, and he taught me three great things. How to think, how to love people, and how to glimpse beauty. He taught me how to use logic to form an argument or recognize a bad one. I would ask questions about the Bible, and he would walk me through his conclusions. He would demonstrate beauty to me on walks. He would say, Timmer, look at that, and point to a bird dancing in the air. He reflected goodness, truth, and beauty because he walked close with God. I began to reflect it too. I recognized my self-righteousness much faster. I began to do deep studies of various biblical topics. I began to be extremely moved by the artworks of Rembrandt, the Hudson River Valley painters, and the compositions of Bach. The Bible, and especially the Gospel of John, would come alive to me. Sometimes tears would come out of nowhere, and that great longing I had as a kid would arise again. What happened to Spock? What was going on? And I also wondered if God really loved me because I kept sinning. Is he going to punish me for my disobedience? Why do I feel so guilty? Kevin encouraged me when I wanted to get a master's in screenwriting at Regent University. This would help me in creating some films I had ideas for. I took about half that program when I enrolled in a C.S. Lewis class that did a two-week study in Oxford, England. I read almost all of Lewis's books for that class, wrote numerous papers, and attended all the pubs in Oxford that he would visit. <laughs> that class changed my life. Lewis's logic captivated me. He used his logic to defend Christianity and make sense of the world, and he used his logic to tell his stories. Lewis helped me to see that I needed a worldview to ground my work in. My motto at this time was from a paraphrase of Lewis, the world doesn't need more Christian artists, it needs more Christians creating good art. Lewis also showed me that all the stories and fairy tale lands I wanted to visit, all the heroes I admired, those tears of beauty, all are tiny glimpses of Jesus himself. Those beautiful white shores and green pastures only come true because of Jesus conquering sin and death. Those stirring notes on a violin move me because Jesus is the supreme creator. Lewis, for me, was like Kevin, a synthesis of logic and beauty. Each person, in their own way, showed me the two could fit together, even though I hadn't fully grasped how. And both of them were devoted to God. I had found the source of beauty, Jesus, but I had to find out more about him. So, I switched my degree to divinity. Much like Mark Bagley, is Mark here? There's Mark. Mark will resonate with this. Much like Mark Bagley, my study at a charismatic school landed me right into Reformed theology. <laughs> I'm grateful I studied there, but as I studied more and more of the scriptures, read the creeds, the church fathers, and the writings of the Reformers, I was convinced the Bible teaches Reformed theology. Through all that, I had found the most rigorous, intellectually challenging item in all of the world, Jesus himself, as revealed in the Bible. He is the king, and he demands much more than I ever realized, but he provides everything he demands, and he saves fully. Not him plus myself, like I previously thought, but him alone, and there is none like him. He is the ultimate truth and foundation for all logic. I had a limited aspect of that truth before, but now it was like I jumped into waves and waves of truth. And I remember thinking, if Jesus is truth, he is also beauty, because, like Aquinas said, and all the other systematic theology said, God's attributes are inseparable. So Jesus is beauty because he is truth. I've always had a desire for beauty. 
Thus, it is logical for me to desire Jesus. The answer of how to hold together truth, logic, and beauty was over. All those longings I had are fulfilled in Jesus. All the knowledge I wanted is fulfilled in Jesus. And I desire to know more and more about him. But what about artwork? I went to divinity school to ground my art in a Christian worldview. And now I saw no way to use art to tell everyone about Jesus. Logic dictates I should give it up. I realize now that is horrible reasoning. And the answer to the question of art would be tied up in the answer to goodness. What about goodness? Why was my obedience lacking? I knew I wouldn't be sinless, but why do I still feel guilt? His death and love for me was most glorious, but sin would send me into burdens of guilt. And back and forth I go. I felt like I was Philip in John 14, being with Jesus for a while, but not really knowing him. Almost six years ago, Larissa and I moved to Williamsburg. We started attending Grace because the sermons we heard here were all about Jesus, 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 and the gospel, gospel, gospel. Someone in my home group recently said, we hear the same thing week after week, and that's why we love this church. Two things happened. Despite my knowledge of Reformed theology, church history, all that, God showed me I incorrectly viewing, was viewing saving faith as faithfulness. I was really looking at my own obedience as a condition of God's love towards me. That realization occurred because of another thing that happened. It finally sunk in that I needed the gospel daily. The gospel says, I am not faithful, but Jesus is. My faithlessness does not negate Christ's work. I need to remember the gospel every day. I never heard that before I came to grace, or I totally missed it if I had. It wasn't that I didn't know God was good or good to sinners. It was that I forgot about it, about me. And then I would doubt. Deuteronomy 23.5 says, God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. That's what I needed to remember. Before with beauty, I looked to the stories of paradise instead of to Jesus who establishes paradise. With goodness, I looked to myself instead of to Jesus. I began to be lifted from guilt. I saw my sin as far worse than I'd ever seen it, but I had seen his grace abounding even more. Ironically, what I had missed for so long is it's God's love towards me that enables me to put more sin to death. Christ's goodness enables me to obey, and Jesus' death for me, not just Jesus' death in general, but for me, became the most beautiful thing in all of time. And it is true. This understanding of God's goodness towards me also allowed me to finally answer the question of what to do about artwork. God gave me his goodness, his righteousness. This sets me free from any burden, and thus I am free to use the gifts God gave me. God gave me the gifts of being an analytical person and a creative person. Have you guys ever taken those tests to see if you're more of a creative or analytical person? Every time I take one of those tests, I score right down the middle. Even the uh, simultaneous jobs I hold as IT guy or videographer are reflective of this. Those are the gifts God gave me. I love to learn and think through things, and I love to create. It wasn't until I really grasped God's goodness and the freedom that gives me that I could work on art for the sheer pleasure of saying, look what I made, God. And I didn't have to use art to use it for Jesus. And at the same time, I could study hard. God's beautiful goodness towards me and that it is true set me free. I hope you can see how goodness, truth, and beauty are inseparable even in how God has worked in my life. They are all intertwined in how God has been shaping me. However, I don't want anyone to get the impression that I made it. I'm still running the race, and I still struggle. But it was like all this time, I was learning to read. God was teaching me how to read the great book of gospel grace. I found beauty and truth in him, 
and I had also found the good in him, and he fulfilled all three of those longings I had. So I asked God to show me more of this in Jesus. I asked him to help me to preach the gospel to myself every day. I asked for the Spirit to show me how much I am loved by the Father. I asked God to help me think of ways to combine theology and art. I asked him to help me with my struggles, and I fail. Larissa provides course correction for me, and the relationship between my son and I is a daily reminder of a Heavenly Father loving his children. I think my home group continues to help me be less stoic. I think their jaws probably dropped when they learned that art can make me cry. And what is continuing to happen in my life because of God can be summed up using the opening line from Calvin's Institutes. Our wisdom consists almost entirely of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. The more I know of God, the more I know about myself. When I was thinking about how to share how God has worked in my life, I realized apart from Christ, we as sinners are the antithesis of these three attributes of God. We as sinners, we are sinners through and through, and so we are not good. But Jesus did not sin. He is good. Romans 1 says that we bury the truth. But Jesus calls himself the truth and communicates that truth through the word. And we prefer, prefer our lives before God and others, which is not beautiful at all. And Jesus gave his life for his friends. What is more beautiful than that? I pray that my testimony will encourage you to look to Jesus. It is his atoning work that set me free from my sins, that set me free from my burdens, and fulfill the, continues to fulfill every longing that I have. He is willing and able to do the same for you. May God help all of us to remember that there is no penalty or guilt for sin, because on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished.